Now it's time for Rod and Real Radio with your hosts, Hopalong John Cassidy, fresh and saltwater expert angler Stan Vanderberg, and all-around outdoors fishing and hunting enthusiast Wendy Toshihara. If you love the outdoors, enjoy salt or freshwater fishing, this is the show for you. We'll cover most all of the fishing tournaments and events with special reports while providing you with the information you need as to how and where to experience the best fishing opportunities in Southern California, Baja, Alaska, or just about anywhere the fish are biting. Rod and Real Radio brought to you by El Cajon Ford at Broadway and Main or online at ElCajonFord.com. Whether it's time for a new or used car or truck or you need to take advantage of San Diego's best quick lane for service with genuine Ford parts, brand name tires at competitive prices, remember nobody beats El Cajon Ford. We have some fantastic guests and reports lined up for you this evening, so sit back, relax, and get ready for the fastest two hours in radio. It's all right here, right now, on Rod and Real Radio, the best stop on your radio. Radio dial for all the information you need for fishing opportunities all over the United States. Now here's your host, Hop Along, John Cassidy. Hey, good evening, everyone, and welcome to Rod and Reel Radio. I hope you're having a great fishing weekend. It is our pleasure to have you with us tonight. We got a great show lined up for you tonight. An excellent lineup of guests. Uh, first of all. The 2016 El Cajon Ford San Diego Team Open kicked off today with the team meeting at El Cajon Ford. We're going to have owner and operator of El Cajon Ford, family-owned El Cajon Ford, Mr. Paul Leader, with us on first thing. And then later on in the show, Catherine Miller, she's got the kids' fishing derby coming on up at the Shelter Island Pier. We're going to talk to her about that. And then later on in the show, Ryan Muniz from Sportsman Seafood Processing, He'll be with us. Tell us a little bit about what has happened to that operation since the passing of uh, Mario Gill. They are up and running and doing better than ever, so we're going to find out what's getting in with them. And then we've got cat time. We're going to catch up with Captain Chuck Taft. We're going to find out what's happening with that offshore bite, where the bluefin are, where the yellowfin, what's happening with the olive uh, tail. we got all kinds of great reports for you tonight. But before we start off the show, let me introduce to you the co-host of Rod and Reel Radio, First, this gentleman is the voice of 1-800-BASS-BOAT. He's a pretty darn good fisherman in his own right. Mr. Stan Vandenberg. Stan, how you doing? I am alive and well, buddy. Getting ready to go fishing this week. So, uh, great preparations <laughs> are underway. <laughs> well, I know, and you're, you're fishing with some good people. I know you're going up to Crowley Lake. Maybe, hopefully, we get some time. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about what you've heard from up there and what's going off, okay? Well, that's the reason I'm going. So we'll talk maybe a little bit. We'll we'll see how things go here. Oh, right. Hey, and everyone, let me introduce you to the other co-host of Ron Real Radio. She is the national sales manager for Iserline. And, man, you talk about an outstanding lady sportsman herself, Wendy Toshahara. Wendy, how you doing? I'm doing great, and I'm also getting ready for a trip. I'm going to go in search of those big bluefin on Tuesday. Oh, hurt me. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> well, you know, they are out there. As a matter of fact, I, I don't want to give away the full story, but one of the guests that we're going to be talking on uh, on the line with later on in the show, they are looking at right now the largest bluefin tuna they've ever seen that come into their operation, it went something like 260 pounds. So, Wendy, they're still out there. 
No, well, you know you. what? I have a friend who's a diver, and they just um, they just got a two forty. But he was down in the water, and he said he saw ten foot and eleven foot bluefin tuna, which are four hundred pound plus bluefin tuna. You know what? Oh my gosh! Had, I've had other guys that have been out and have hung these bigger ones, and they didn't get them to the boat, but they had eyes on them, and they said they were easily they thought easily over three. One guy said, you know, of course you never know, you know, what these guys that don't fish them all the time. It's hard to judge when they're under the water, but they said it was four to 500 pounds, they guessed. And they were on it for like four hours. So, I mean, this, that stuff is out there. That, there's some big ones, that's all I know, Wendy. And, and they're just starting, I think, to eat that fin bait a little better than they have been. So your, your time is good, mate. And then I get to go on September 9th on a five day. So. Wow. Well, I'm actually out there going to target those big bluefin, and Steve Tanaka from Taco's Bait and Tackle, who used to run the Fortune when they used to chase all those big bluefin, he gave me a few tips, so hopefully it works. Oh, man, okay, I, hey, uh, guys. I can't wait for you to go out, test drive, and come back and tell me. Let's do it. <laughs> hey, guys, we've got our first guest waiting, so uh, let's get to him. Uh, this man, 19 years ago, came up with the idea of uh, running a team tournament down here at San Diego. You know, 18 years later, here we are. We're running the 18th annual El Cajon Ford Team Open. He's the owner-operator, a family-owned uh, El Cajon Ford. We're going to talk to him about this event and a little bit more. Mr. Paul Leader. Paul, how you doing, sir? I'm doing good, guys. Real good. I wouldn't hey, have it any is. other way. <laughs> Man, that, you know, congratulations. You know, I know you got up there today and you looked at everyone in the crowd, a lot of faces we've seen for, you know, a lot of years in this event, and you just said, can you believe it? Eight, this is the 18th annual? Yeah, it's older than some of those guys' kids. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Paul, uh, anybody that spends any time around you, they know that uh, you are uh, – Big sports enthusiast. How did how did you just uh, develop this liking for sports, all kinds? I started out that way. I think you're born with it, and you know, mine mine goes back to Canada when hockey was uh, the main word, and you learned to play hockey before you could walk. So, you know, it just went from there to different sports. I played golf for a long time, and then I got into bass fishing. So, bass fishing has been my nemesis all these years. Well, yeah, well, you, you know, uh, that too, I might add. Yeah. You know, Stan, uh, you know, and Wendy and everyone that's out there, the fishes in Southern California, we are so thankful that Paul got it. Not only is he a member of the uh, sport, uh, Bass Fishing Hall of Fame down here in, in San Diego, but he has been sponsoring these events since, geez, I first started uh, uh, doing tournament fishing and, and uh, directing and that was in the early 1990s. And, Paul, you go back even further than that. Right on. I've been fished the uh, WN circuit for about 20 years, you know, when it was really flying high. Uh, you know, and it just came from there. And we developed, uh, you know, a lot of comedy and team tournaments here. And then uh, when I came to that idea, and uh, I think you and Jimmy Slight were in the room when I proposed it, which was 18, 19 years ago. And my whole thing on that was, first of all, to have a two-dayer, which nobody had. And second of all, I wanted to flip-flop the teams. 
And the third big deal that I wanted and we put together was the fact that we're going to use points. And the reason I wanted to use points was you can't have a big bag on out cap today for 30 pounds and win the tournament. you got to perform. I mean perform on both legs to win. And those were the criteria that we started with and we still keep today. We have not changed. John, you've been my tournament director all the years. Have we changed that? Well, Pat, I, uh, Pat, Paul, I know what a stickler for tradition you are, and I've got to stay. This, uh, this tournament has stayed true to tradition since the first day uh, you came up with the idea of running it. Well, I'm and, pleased with that. You know, you know and, we've had our we've had our glitches, you know, like uh, San Vicente being closed, which is a joke. <laughs> you know, that should have been done what four years ago. Well, you know, the, the good Lord willing and the creek don't rise, we're all going to be here and hopefully on it, talking about being on it this time next year yeah, for the uh, yeah. 2017 El Cajon Ford uh, Open. You got it. That's that's our goal. I think it'll draw a few more participants. We've been averaging about the same every year. I think we had, what, 53 or 40 last year. This year we got, what, 50, John? Yeah. And, <laughs> so and uh, a lot of these guys, the other thing about this, a lot of the guys have fished every one. It's amazing. So when you look, you look out over that crowd and you see all these people, it's like family. Well, it is. And, we've all been and you've got a group of guys that are all, they're all talented. Any one of them can win. And, oh, sure. and, and because you've got the two-leg format, I just think it's one of the coolest events in, in California, period. <laughs> it's, it's, I fished one or two of them over the years, and I had a blast going down that one. You know, I don't know the lakes, but, man, just being there is fun. Yeah, it is. You know, and, Paul, what, uh, what has happened with this tournament, thanks to you and, and the men and women at Elko and Ford that support this, uh, uh, when we started this back in 1999, there was just nothing happening during the summer. Uh, I right. mean, you would have your tournament organizations. They'd finish up in the beginning of June. Uh, the U.S. Open, you know, was flip-flopping between uh, July and maybe uh, September. The tournaments wouldn't get started until November or December or even some of them into the following year. So there was nothing happening for the tournament fishermen. Well, everybody, as you know, then everybody thought it was too hot to fish. Oh, yeah. That's why they didn't have tournaments. Well, it's still too hot to fish, but we're... <laughs> we're <laughs> yeah, fishing. it is, but... <laughs> Well, I don't know, John. It's going to be between 80 and 85. We, a lot of the years we fished at over 100 every day. Well, that's one of the reasons why we live in San Diego County here, isn't it, Paul? Yeah, yeah I guess you're right. You know, but, but nowadays what you're looking at is all the tournament organizations, they found out that, yeah, we can, we can do uh, night tournaments and we can do day tournaments during the summer and and we can fish up, uh, you know, uh, all throughout Southern California. A lot more competition that we saw in 1999, but this tournament has legs, and, uh, you know, guys are still fishing it and coming out and, in, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to say record numbers, but still in good numbers to, to keep this thing going. Yeah, well, we got, you know, you look at uh, how many we've got. We've got 100 guys. Yeah, you know, 100 guys. Taking that are going to take off Monday and Tuesday. They're taking off on a Monday and Tuesday to come on and yeah. 
And if by any chance we get lucky enough to be on San Vicente uh, and run an event like this, I think we're going to have to beat them off of the stick. Well, then we'll have to uh, limit uh, how many how many fishermen we have. Well, let's hope that's, uh, that's you know, a problem we're going to have to face. The event's been you know, popular Paul, enough that the guys talk about it a lot. Even the guys that can't get down to San Diego know that the two, two-day two event on two different lakes pretty special. Uh, the closest thing we've had to it is the guys at ABA for Casitas decided they'd have a two-day event for their fish-off, and you'd fish from noon to 6 on one day because it's summer summer hours, and then from 6 to noon on the second day, which was the closest thing to being <laughs> to, to your tournament for a two-day for a fish-off. And we thought that was good. But your tournament down there, I mean, I, I, I'm honored to be the guy that ensures the tournament circuit for the last several years and working with you Jimmy Slide. I've known Jimmy forever. But uh, it's been a fun event to be involved with, even from my side. And all the guys up here that can't fish should still talk about it. Yeah. Well, you know, you the know, two-day Paul? tournament, John, the uh, fish-off for the regular uh, tournament schedule, you know, is a two-day event, too. And yep. we flip-flop that. Wow. So that's, you know, uh, that's that's new, too. Paul, what I was really amazed at, and when I, you know, when we first added up the numbers, you know, every year it's traditionally for you to go over the past winners from uh, 1999. But at the end, we added up the numbers, and just for the money that you have paid out for the first-place teams, uh, that doesn't include second going all the way down. Doesn't include the prizes. Doesn't include the food. Was a pretty substantial number. Yeah, I think it was what Johnny, hundred and twelve thousand or something like that. Hundred and twelve thousand dollars to the first place Man. teams. That you That's know, just first place, yeah. Right. You know, well, I'm and, proud of that. You know, Mike Falkstad now is is fishing this event. He says, "I love it. I don't have to travel that far." I'd, I don't have to go worry about, you know, running in 115-degree uh, weather. I know all the guys. I like them. And he says, man, as long as I'm able, I'll keep on fishing this this tournament with you guys. So that's a pretty good endorsement coming from a guy that has literally fished all over the United States. Yeah, you got that right. He's a good man, yeah. Michael. Well, Paul, just a, just a little bit about the dealership. You know, uh, El Cajon Ford is not the biggest Ford dealer in uh, San Diego County, but as I was sitting down to uh, and talking with Don Horn, your um, uh, service manager here a couple of days ago, I think Elko and Ford has really changed to the perspective of, of what dealers are like when it comes to both coming in and buying a vehicle, and more importantly, when it comes into service. It, it used to be when you thought about bringing your car into service to a dealer, you'd cringe and you'd go, the cost, the, the time, uh, they don't care about me, and El Cajon Ford, I think, has been one of the leaders in changing all of that. Well, thank you, John. But, uh, it started back, uh, really got into full swing uh, uh, last year when we rebuilt the dealership. Everybody says, oh, you remodeled it. No, we rebuilt it because we gutted the old one and made this a new one. And then we got uh, what we call our core claim that we uh, guarantee and try and get customers in for oil changes not within half an hour and spend a little more time uh, uh, with the customer in a nice way, regardless of the, if the customer's right or wrong, you've still got to smile and uh, go on and do the best job you can for the people. And I think that's the main thing. Uh, the look at the dealership is wonderful. Uh, uh, I'm so pleased with that. And I, I, a year later, well, now it's a year and a half later, 
yes. still looks like it was just built today. And that's the, the accomplishment to my people who, you know, keep it nice and keep it clean and make it uh, customer-friendly. And, you know, you can go on and on. But uh, you got to step up and take care of the customer because if you do not, the big deal is here, he will not come back. If you take him off when you sell him a car, he will not come back. And that's the whole successful route you have to take in our, in our business. If you don't take the custom, care of the customer, won't be back. And it's that simple because there's too many others out there. And, you know, a big part of that, too, is with the service. You know, you used to cringe thinking about, oh, i got to take my car in for service or, you know, regular maintenance and everything like that. And, you know, it's thrown around a lot, you know, family-owned. But i got to tell you, when you go to this dealership, you, you do feel like family. And, and I know a lot of these people, they, they've been buying not only cars from you for a long time, but – there, there's two and three generation buyers now that come from the same family to come in and buy from you. Right, and then, and you don't get the feel of corporate structure, and that's what you get with other dealerships. They're cut and dry in everything they do. Uh, there's no uh, leeway, or you know. So, uh, no, we're proud of that. We just uh, we have to get better every year, and every you know, year I- and every day is different. A buddy of mine I was looking for a Ford truck, and I told him, you know, I've got some people that I think you you should call, and I know they're down in San Diego, and he lives in Ventura County. And I go, give him a call. I'll tell you what, I think you'll be duly impressed with what they have, how they won, they treat you, and, and the deals that you're going to get from them in the first place. And the next thing you know, the guy calls you, Dr. Paul Dyke. Next thing you know, I, I get a call from him. He goes, hey, I'm headed for San Diego. I mean, went all the way from Ventura to buy the truck down there and was happy because I've never had a better deal or or right. dealt with people more friendly. I went, yeah. well, that's, you know, really that's what I'd like to hear because we we recommend, you know, a lot of the guys that fish that pull uh, their boats around, pull them with Ford trucks. So um, that's kind of where he came from because I was looking for the deal. I just couldn't find it anywhere else, and nobody treated me as nice as you guys did. Good endorsement. Uh, well, Paul, I tell you what, why don't we uh, uh, make a pledge now that for the 40th annual El Cajon Ford Team Open that you and I, Stan and Wendy, will all be here to talk about it and talk about how successful not only the agency has been, but the tournament has been in all that time. Hey, that's that sounds even great to me. And I have one word for Wendy, this yes. guy that yes. gave you the tip, the guy that gave you the tips. He didn't yes. tell you how to stop one when you get it on. <laughs> yeah, you yeah you're in. right. <laughs> Just like Stan said, four hours is nothing on some of them. Right. <laughs> well, Paul, I know you're fishing this tournament. You're getting your gear together and getting ready for uh, to get up early and uh, to get on out there. I can't thank you enough for take, taking some time after the busy day you've had today to spend with us on the radio uh, we look forward to seeing you out there on the lake and even better seeing you at the award ceremony come Tuesday so we can crown the uh, 2017 champion. Sounds good, John. Thanks a million, you guys, and uh, have a good one. All right. You too. Thank you, Paul, for everything you do. Thank you. You bet. That was uh, Paul Leader, owner-operator of family-owned El Cajon Ford. Hey, we're going to take a break right now. Stan, Wendy, and I will be back with Catherine Miller after these messages. 
You can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford knows trucks, no matter what you're hauling or towing, for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert. Now get special savings on every F-Series truck in stock, 150s, 250s, 350s, at El Cajon Ford. We have commercial trucks, too, including the all-new Transit Connect. Finally, a commercial van with great mileage, helping your business get moving again. El Cajon Ford, worth the short drive from anywhere in Southern California, Broadway and East Main at El Cajon, or online anytime, anywhere at ElCajonFord.com. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course, I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water. Love California, boat California, save California. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, HM Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. 2015 and 16, Quantum Fishing's gone and done it again for you with the brand new redesigned Smoke PT Reel Series. Everything from your spinning reels all the way to your baitcasters, the PTA design has a new PTXA frame, lighter, stronger, bone-crushing drag. Quantum Fishing, we are performance-tuned. Check them out at Angler's Arsenal in La Mesa or anglersarsenal.com or give us a call at 619-466-8355. This segment of Ron Real Radio is brought to you by the makers of the original balloon fishing clip system, Balloon Fisher King. Now you can fish the precise bait depth desired with these easy-to-use clips and 100% biodegradable natural latex balloons. All you do is clip, inflate, bait, and fish. Look for Balloon Fisher King clips and balloons at your local tackle dealers or go to balloonfisherking.com for further information. It's a big deal, you know. I've always wanted to be on Rod and Reel Radio Line. <laughs> I won the Bassmaster Classic. I did a, a McDonald's commercial, but now I know I've made it. I fulfilled my dream. <laughs> that is just absolutely awesome. 
Hey, and welcome back to Rod Real Radio. Stan Vandenberg's here tonight. So is Wendy Toshihara. Hey, you know, we've got coming up next week an event that has been going on for 14 years that is uh, attracting a lot of the young anglers from around San Diego County and Southern California. It's put on by the San Diego Sports Fishing Council and a bunch of other people. And here to tell us about it is the head of the San Diego Sports Fishing Council, Catherine Miller. Catherine, good evening. Good evening, all. How are you? We are doing great. And yourself, ma'am? I am. I'm great. Glad to be on gone with you. Thanks for inviting me. It's, oh, it's it is true. good. Hey, tell us a little bit about this event that's coming up next weekend. Well, it's the 14th Annual Young Anglers Tournament, and the partners in putting this on really is the Port of San Diego, and we support with the, from the International Game Fish Association. They are presenting the awards for the tournament. The tournament's <laughs> open to kids 6 to 15 years of age. It's absolutely free. Um, we expect somewhere between 150 and 175 kids to compete on this coming Saturday at the Shelter Island Pier. It is um, registration happens on site the day of the tournament, beginning at 7:30, and we start fishing at 8:30. And prizes get awarded beginning at one. Quick and sweet, and lots of fun. Yeah, well, I think the uh, the big thing uh, number one, it's free, and number two. Moms and dads or grandma and granddads that want to bring the kids that they don't have to go out and get a lot of tackle for them or rods and reels if they they don't have that at home. They want to get the kids involved in, uh, you know, the great sport of, uh, of fishing, and they can just bring them right there to the Shelter Island Pier, and you've got everything going for them. Right. Everything's provided. We've got bait. Um, Anglers distribution distributors have provided us with, with bait. We've got loan equipment for people that don't have their own. And we've got a great assistance. All the all the uh, anglers clubs in town are helping us out. San Diego Anglers, San Diego Rod and Reel Clubs, San Diego Fly Fishers, and we get the assistance of the United Pier, Pier and Shore Anglers of California, coming as far from far away as L.A. and Ventura. So lots of adult support and a lot of mentors out there really looking forward to getting kids more engaged in fishing. And it seems to work. We've got some kids that come back year after year and sort of go up to the ranks beginning at six years old and, and finishing at 15 and and some years, the other kids coming in, you know, new for the first time at all age groups. So it's a it's a mixed level of of expertise, but everyone has a good time, and there's a lot of support for for people that don't know yet what they're doing and they need a little bit extra help. And and there's also a really competitive edge for kids that that have a little bit more knowledge and can actually go out there and and uh, compete for prizes. Well, you know, I, I like that, the way you have it, break it uh, broken up in age categories because, you know, you don't have the the 6- and 7-year-olds uh, uh, fishing against the 14- and 15-year-olds. And as we all know, 14- and 15-year-olds know it all already. So it's tough to teach them anything. But, uh, boy, you've got them in the categories, and uh, uh, everyone's competing against kids their own age and go out there and have a great time. And then I believe there's an overall winner, too, is there not? That's right. There's there's a, a winner in each age category, and it's all done by points, and we'll determine what fish are worth what points the day of the tournament, depending on what's been biting. Overall, the, the, the angler with the most points gets their name on the perpetual trophy, and and they also get more prizes, and it's uh, it's really a big deal. They get a lot of a lot of bragging rights as well. Right. Catherine, what, what kind of fish uh, can you catch in San Diego Bay, uh, especially off the Shelter Island Pier? Bass, um, mackerel, halibut have been the three fish they've caught most of over the last several years. Wow. And, you know, and 
a lot of people, you know, they go after those spotted bay bass, and they think that they're, well, that's just a small little fish. But, boy, when we talk about a fish pound per pound that can fight, I, you know, the spotted bay bass are right up there. They are. And we're using light tackle. It's, uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of action out there. And uh, we've also got, you know, great goodie bags for all the kids that participate. So um, everyone's engaged from the, day they, the minute they get on, get on the pier. Well, you know, uh, how about if a kid happens to get hungry or thirsty? Are they going to have to bring a pound, brown paper bag or, or what? You know, we're taking care of that in a couple of ways. Um, we provide hot dogs for lunch, but Tommy Gomes, just the great guy that he is, has stepped up and brings out his gang and, and cooks up fish tacos as well. So we've got lunches included, and uh, we feed mom and dad at the same time. So it's, it's really a fun afternoon, an engaging, you know, fun time with the family. Right. Well, Catherine, it sounds like a, a great event. You want to give us the uh, uh, the dates and the time, and then if there's further information we need, uh, where people can go to get it. Yes. So the date is Saturday, August 13th. Registration starts at 7.30 in the morning. Fishing begins at 8.30 in the morning, and it's all, it's prizes start being awarded at 1 o'clock. So it's a morning tournament next Saturday, lots of fun, ages 6 to 15, Come on down. If you don't have your own tackle, we've got bloners, and it's a fun day for all. All right. Hey, so, Catherine, let's just, talk, let's just talk a little bit about fishing here in San Diego, since you are the head of the Sports Fishing Council. Uh, it seems like it's, uh, you know, shaping up to be a pretty good year again. It is, and I had the fortune of going out on a day and a half. I just got back in Friday morning. I went out on the Constitution out of H&M. Um, and I got to tell you, I had we had such a blast. Um, we had a really good catch too. We had we had 91 yellowtail and eight dorado and five yellowfin tuna. I caught one of the big dorado. It was just a spectacular few moments as I watched it jump out and and uh, fight. And um, it was, but but it's it's interesting. It's all the fish we caught were on kelp patties. We trolled, you know, all you know between kelp patties, but all the fish were caught on kelp patties. And, and it was a night. There were some nice sized fish. Both the dorado and the yellowtail were, you know, twenty to thirty five pounds. Wow, that's excellent. Wow. That's very good. And and that's really good news too because that fish hasn't been biting on those kelpers for a while, at least consistently. So that's a pretty positive note right there. It, it was really great. And and actually, the best bite of the day um, was the evening bite. Just about three o'clock. So that day and a half or two and a half day trip, that you know, extra few hours out there in the afternoon can really make a trip. So I, I really point people to those uh, a little bit longer trips for that reason. Well, Catherine, the the Miller family has been involved in sports fishing here in San Diego since the the mid '30s, and I know you've got a chance to speak to a lot of people that have been involved in fishing uh, for a long time here. It, it, what what's what's the word out when people start talking about this uh, bluefin bite that we've been experiencing off our our coast here for the past few months? It's just it, it's so un it's been so unpredictable. No one saw it coming. It's, it it has been really fantastic. The size of these bluefins they're catching, it's 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 really historic. So they're life fish of a lifetime for a lot of people, and it's uh, it's really been something to see. But this year it looks like we're now getting into the season where smaller but more catchable fish um, of the, you know, 20 to 40-pound range, and, and some bluefin fall in that category, yellowtail, yellowfin tuna certainly, and dorado. So it's, it's 
the, cha- the seasons will continue to shift, as you know, and the species will change over, and, and uh, as you get into later summer and early fall, some of the best fishing yet is to come. Well, not only some of the best fishing to come, but when uh, uh, people choose to go uh, out of the San Diego fleet, especially off of Scott Street there with uh, Fisherman's Landing, Point Loma, uh, H&M, and uh, 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 Lee Palms, uh, there's no better fleet to go out with, not only in the United States, but probably anywhere in the world. I think the San Diego fleet has the most disciplined crews. Uh, clearly the, the boats that run the fleet are really the highest caliber. They're built for this kind of fishing. They're well-maintained. And, and also the food service. i, I got to tell you, the meals we had on the Constitution when we were out on Thursday and Friday, top-notch. It was, they were really great. So I think people's expectations are high for San Diego, and they should be. So it sets a standard for a lot of other, other fishing ports around the country. You know, Wendy and Stan, you probably know this because you go out of the, you know, the fleet out here. Uh, it seems like all of these skippers are in this big competition that they want to outdo each other because obviously, uh, you know, a satisfied customer is going to come on back again. But when it comes to the amenity on the boats, the things that are, that are being added every year, whether it's electronics or their uh, refrigeration or the food or the bunks or anything else like that, these guys are just seem to be stepping it up, and ladies, too, seem to be stepping it up every year. You know, that's right. And I've been, you know, to other places and seen how their operations are. And, and like Catherine said, it's nothing like San Diego. Our San Diego fleet is top-notch. And uh, when it comes to the food, no matter how long the trip is, I gain a pound a day. <laughs> <laughs> that's about right. Wendy, that's not just eating sashimi now, is it? (laughs) Oh, no. Five-star cooking on the boat. This would be nice. And even the hamburger. The hamburger tastes so good on a boat. I know. It's almost like you have to eat two. (laughs) (laughs) And I do. (laughs) But I've got to give you credit, too, that the the one thing that's probably changed the most, uh, well, the amenities on the boats have all Everybody's upgraded and upgraded and upgraded. The boats have been getting better and better and better about making it more and more comfortable. And, uh, and the food, like, like you were saying, it's just on most of the boats now, you have a chef. Or sometimes you have two that's right. not a cook anymore. You've got a chef that right. actually knows how to cook food, and the presentations are outrageous. So, I mean, you can go to... Restaurants, and you'd spend a hundred bucks to get a dinner that you'd have on a on the fishing boat here in a nice restaurant. So everything, all of the amenities have come up, and, and the food. I mean, they they realized our fleet has realized, hey, this is there uh, for entertainment purposes above and beyond, and and you're staying on the boat for a while. It's a vacation, it's entertainment, and they want you to come back. And it's the only place in the world, and I've been around a bunch in a lot of different places around the world, it's the only place like it that, that you can have that type of entertainment and this type of fishing and that kind of enjoyment while you spend your days on a boat out on the water. Yeah. And, I, you know, the other thing that's really changed is the care of the fish. You know, oh, yeah. Yes. That has really been a focus for the boats in the fleet that they really want to make sure that, those, that your catch gets back to the dock in the freshest possible condition. And they're really, you know, invested a lot of money to make that happen. You better believe it. You know, it, it's gotten so that when, you know, we were fishing in, in the uh, 50s and 60s, you'd come home with a load of fish and you 
put it in a little plastic bags and throw it in the freezer and and or you'd you know you'd have a hard time giving it away now right now this fish that's coming in it's a a precious protein uh, uh source and there's more and more expertise on how to fish this thing so you're just not uh uh, you know, cooking the heck out of it and having tuna fish sandwiches for a week. No, it's true. And, and, and actually, the, food, the fish processors meet the boats. So when we came in, uh, Five Star was there, and they were priding themselves and be able to turn, uh, you know, a lot of fish around before 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Oh, yeah. Right. You know, well, Catherine, I know this is a trend that uh, you have been bucking for a long time because you've been uh, – going out for as long as I've known you, which I don't even want to begin to think about the, the years, but I like the trend of more and more ladies like like Wendy and Lori Heath and uh, Katerina Eckert and, and all these women that all of a sudden are going out on the three-quarter days, on the overnights. Not only are they going out with their significant others, but they're, they're venturing out on their own and bringing friends, and I think we're seeing more and more of a trend of seeing women going out fishing and just really enjoying it. I, I think you're right. I've got two women on my 13th day on the Independence in November. My last right. Independence trip, I had seven women on the boat. Isn't there you go. And, Wendy, you've got, a, you've got a trip that's coming on up that's tailored just for women, I believe. I do. At the end of this month, the 26th through the 29th, I have a three-day trip on the Searcher with Lori Byron from Turner's, and uh, it's an all-ladies trip, and, you know, I think the crew's going to have to look like ladies, too. (laughs) (laughs) I think the crew's probably already trying to gear up for this trip. (laughs) Wait, is there still room on that trip? Yes, there is. Join us, Catherine. I'll have to look at my calendar. I may just do that. Uh, (laughs) Well, Catherine, let's just get back to the point at hand. We've got the 14th Annual Youth Anglers Fishing Tournament happening on Shelter Island Pier. Again, uh, give us the dates and where we can go to get further information of some people might have missed the particulars on this event. It is Saturday, August 13th, Shelter Island Pier in Point Loma. At the hours, our registration begins at 7.30 in the morning. Uh, We fish till 1 o'clock. Prizes are rewarded at that point. And if any of your listeners would like to come down and help us register kids, we'd love to have them help. So um, if any volunteers out there want to show up at 6.30 or so, we could, well, you could use your hands. So um, any, it's, a, it's fun. It's free. It's ages 6 to 15. We've got loaner tackle for those who don't have it. We supply all the bait and lunch. And uh, it's the 14th year of a, a lot of fun fishing. All right. Catherine, thanks a lot for being with us and cluing us in on this event. And, uh, We'll be checking in with you from time to time to see how the fleet's going, too. Appreciate you taking some of your Sunday night to be with us. Thanks ever so much. All right. Hey, you're listening to Rod and Reel Radio on AM540 or at rodandreelradio.com. Stan, Wendy, and I, we're going to take a break right now, but coming up next, Captain James Nelson with the California Inshore Report. We'll be back right after these messages. Angler's Arsenal is the serious angler's first choice for hand-poured plastics, McCoy line, Spro products, Gamakatsu hooks, G. Loomis fishing rods, Shimano products, Ovid reels, and just about anything you hear advertised on Rod and Reel Radio. Go to anglersarsenal.com and visit our online tackle store. See the huge selection of Western Plastics hand-poured baits, all at anglersarsenal.com. Angler's Arsenal Tackle Store is conveniently located in La Mesa, just off Interstate 8. Give us a call at 1-800-428-8730. 
If you're serious about your fishing, choosing the right tackle is one of the most important decisions you'll ever make. Iserline makes premium fishing lines including monofilament, Dacron, Spectra, fluorocarbon, battle-tested harnesses, and top-angler-tested Iserline tools and accessories. Iserline premium fishing products are created to provide you with the ultimate in strength, dependability, durability, high abrasion resistance, low stretch, and high quality. All Iserline products are 100% guaranteed against manufacturing defects. You just can't buy better value. Iserline will replace or repair at their option. No questions asked if you're not pleased with any of their products. Catch what you've been missing. Quality guaranteed. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ring hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course, I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water. Love California. Boat California. Save California. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. This portion of Rod and Reel Radio is brought to you by the Rockley's Fish Release System. Now you can quickly and easily release fish suffering from barotrauma back to the depths they were caught. Look or ask for the Rockley's at your local fishing tackle dealer. Hey, we do want to welcome you back to our Rod Real Radio. Stan Vandenberg's here tonight. So is Wendy Toshara. Hey, the California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways would like to remind you, don't leave boating safety up to the next guy. Safety is everybody's responsibility. Hey, and now it's time for the Southern California Inshore Report with the fish icon himself, Captain James Nelson. Captain James, a good Sunday evening to you, sir. Very happy Sunday evening to you, John and family. How are you guys doing? Boy, we are doing good. I don't think we're doing as good as you. I've been, I've been seeing pictures uh, uh, from uh, your clients that you've taken out uh, on Facebook, and I've got to tell you what a variety of fish are available off our uh, local San Diego waters right now. It, isn't it wonderful? I mean, you know, we really have to appreciate what we have. It's really it's just been a... A, a very welcoming year. It's kind of weird. You never know what you're going to catch sometimes. You just go out there and you see what happens. Did, do you have a, did you get a, did you get anything this week, Jim, that you kind of scratched that redhead of yours and go, man, I haven't seen that before. I haven't seen it in a long time. It's good to see it biting. I can't say that, but you know, this week we did end up getting a pretty nice yellowtail at the top of the week. And then, uh, Throughout the week, there's pretty much just a little bit of this and that. A lot of bay critters, a lot of between the leopard sharks and sand sharks and guitar fish, and then, of course, the bay bass, and then a few little halibut here and there, and then getting some bonita around the kelp beds now. So that's, that's just fun. Wow. You know, you know, we've been talking a lot about just how warm our local waters have been getting, especially when you... You know, you go off of Point Loma or down to Imperial Beach, you're going up north, you're finding some extremely warm water right now. But, you know, there's also warm water in the bay. And, and Jim, what kind of water temperatures have you been finding, and how's that been affecting the fishing? Well, we've been noticing from uh, the Sweetwater Channel on down, it's been in the 80s. It's, uh, there's some days it's almost 84 degrees. And I'll tell you, that's really changed what we're doing, uh, places we normally fish and 
how we're fishing, the approach. Uh, there's been a lot of running and gunning when chasing the predators like the bass and mackerel and bonita type species in the bay. And then as far as the uh, dwellers that, you know, kind of hang on their, their reefs and shopping carts and sunken boats that I like, even they have kind of changed which ones they hang around. So we're just moving around a lot, John, and it's just a matter of, you know, if the birds are diving, there's something pushing that bait up, you get up under it and you're fine, and then all of a sudden the birds disappear and they go someplace else. So we've been doing just a lot of interesting things, fishing a lot of different spots, and, you know, it's, it's kind of kept me awake out there, so that's, that's good. It, every day is different. Got to keep your eyes open. Well, a, a couple of things happening, too, this week uh, that really make the conditions change. A lot of people don't know it, but there's a grunion running this week, and there are actually grunion that run in the bay. Tell us a little bit about that and how that affects fishing. Well, there are. As you know, John, uh, San Diego Bay has got very little natural uh, shoreline left. A lot of it's been uh, manipulated. You know, man has uh, come along and dredged things and built islands or T-bars where they weren't before. You know, that's all stuff that's almost 100 years old now, but it wasn't there originally. And those grunion, uh, they come in out of that deeper water, and they'll, they'll get onto those beaches. So if you get a spot around the bay that you could find that's got beaches in between all the retaining rock, uh, there's a good chance there's going to be a grunion or 20 on there, and, uh, you know, the predators are, aren't going to be very far behind. When when that happens, Jim, do you do you find that the fish uh, that normally you find uh, deep, like uh, the halibut and, uh, and other species like that, you can actually catch them on the surface? And, uh, you know, and, and I hear reports of guys using jerk baits and surface poppers and everything like that. When these uh, uh, grunion are running, that uh, you can pick up uh, halibut on a on a topwater bait. Well, you you and I both know a couple guys that do that, and they make it their you know their thing that they like to do a lot, and they'll go either you know before early light or even well after dark, and just you know cast by the light of the moon to do that kind of thing. Um, unfortunately, when I I meet folks, by the time they get to the dock, it's six o'clock, so those fish may not necessarily be topwater, but We'll find them just below the surface, and like you said, either on jerk baits, we you throw a lot of lucky crafts, and we'll also throw spoons, you know, just good old-fashioned blue and chrome cast master, a quarter to a half ounce, be really a lot of fun. And then the swim baits, you know, the, I don't know what it is. It, it doesn't really look grunion. I know you make a sexy smell type of grunion thing, but I don't know what it is about that lime gold. They seem to really be eating that lime gold, uh, those swim bait of yours, and so the Western Plastics, and you know, just get around where those that activity is, and I don't think those fish are too picky. Right, Barb. I wish I could take credit for coming up with that, but long ago, and he's he's still around and he's still fishing. Mark Gardner came came up and he came up with that uh, that chartreuse with the gold neon, and uh, you know, back in 1986 or 1985 when Western Plastics was first uh, uh, came came about, that was the first saltwater bait that we made, the first color we made them, and shaking shads, and Mike Gardner used to go up and slay them in that thing, and, and no one would know what the heck he was using because he kept it a, a pretty close secret. So, uh, But here we are, how, how much later on, and that is still a color that's getting them. And that's still it, you know, and, and you know me, I'm the first person to say color doesn't matter, but that's, I'm also the first person to dig through my box to find that color. So... <laughs> Yeah. And if you're in the right spot, and I still believe it, if you're in the right spot on the right fish, color doesn't matter. But 
I, you know, that, that thing has just been really whacking them lately. And we've gotten everything from, you know, mackerel, halibut, big jack, smelt, croaker, corvina. I mean, we've even got bonefish on that. So, you know, it's just a really good bait. And that little three-inch one is just on a quarter-ounce lead head. It's just really hard to beat. There's something to be said for consistency when they're eating. They eat a particular color because I remember Smitty, Smitty Worms, with the first caterpillar, two-color, three-color worms back when this was like in, oh, I don't know, the end of the 70s, late 60s, early 70s when he came up with this thing. But he had this kelp critter, and he would make them those colors, and they would eat the ever-loving daylights out of that thing back then. The color, I think Mike Gardner, that was his favorite color for when he was guiding, too. It's been around forever, but it's one of the most consistent colors out there. Oh, absolutely, Stan. Yeah, and, you know, it's just, what can you say? I mean, it's, like I said, I, I don't know what the fish see in it exactly. I have never seen a big fish that looks like it. And we throw it right through schools of anchovy. It doesn't look like an anchovy. But they eat it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, whatever. I'm not going to question them. I'm just going to... No, no. No, I, I quit asking them questions. The questions quit. I just throw them. If they eat it, you keep throwing it. That's it. Well, Jim, with the uh, the shallows warming up the way they are, are there certain fish that seem to go to that warmer weather and uh, water and certain fish that seem to try to get away from it? And, and what happens with the... The bait, does it, it seem to want to try to go cooler or deeper, or, or what happens when you get a transition like that? Well, it's, one thing I'm noticing, John, it seems like the fishers are, that even the fish that like the warm water in our bay like it in the 70s. So if it gets up, up past 76, 77, it's just, it's, the fight is really kill. So I've been just chasing that water, and you get closer to... Uh, Shelter Island, uh, Harbor Island, even on out, and you'll notice that water's more in the 70s. And that's what I've been doing, just kind of finding that, that drain of water and that temperature. And, you know, again, just watch the science. And the water, the water in San Diego Bay is amazingly clear right now. Even in the back bay where it's normally pretty green, we've got six foot of visibility, which is which is really clear for back there. Wow, so we yeah. get clear, warm water. There's it's just something those fish aren't used to, and I know they didn't, like, take off and go to Cabo or anything, but but we're getting fish <laughs> that normally we would catch down the South Bay. We're catching more in the North Bay. So, you know, they did move a little bit. You know, like, it, for instance, our leopard sharks. I mean, we normally catch leopard sharks south of the bridge. We're catching north of the bridge right now. Well, you know, I'm waiting and... For you to say you, I'm waiting for you to say you caught that rooster fish. I'm looking for him, Wendy. We keep looking for him. Him and the, him and the Jack Trevallis, we haven't seen them, though. Yeah, really. You know, they're, they're probably together wherever they're at right now. <laughs> Maybe a TG well, or two. We'll, we'll find them. <laughs> rumor has it that uh, there are Jack Trevallis somewhere in the back of San Diego Bay, but I'm not sure the way we fish, uh, if anyone even hooked one up, whether or not they know whether they got it or not. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. Captain Jim, uh, you know, one thing I'm noticing, there seems to be a tremendous calico bite. So as you get up more towards the mouth of the bay and the kelp, you, you're just finding, uh, you know, those areas coming alive. And, uh, uh, you know, ha- have you seen an, an increase in the fish counts there? Yeah, oh, absolutely, John. That's that's the one thing we've been relying on most around the kelp. Normally, I mean, and I think I've even posted some of my Facebook memory pictures this time last year, we were all over Yellowtail in the teens, and right now they're 
they're not as common as, as what we had last year, but the calico bite is extremely on fire. Um, and not a lot of big ones, so that's probably why you haven't seen a lot of pictures. But if I look at my numbers, they're just they're up there. And so, you know, they're going nuts right now. And, and you're even seeing a lot of sport boats. They're just going to it. They're gravitating towards what's biting, and that's what you got to do. You know, you can only chase what's not biting long enough and before you realize halfway through the day, hey, let's go catch something. And those calicos, right. they're accommodating. <laughs> hey, uh, uh, Cap James, for our people that are listening to that maybe are catching calicos on their own, I know there's some uh, new bag limits and size limits on that. Uh, wh- what is the uh, story on calico bass? Well, again, you know, we're getting them right on the edge of the kelp line, um, actually even in the kelp. Uh, we don't keep a lot of a lot of calicos. Of course, most of my customers are traveling. They're not keeping fish anyway, but it's a 14-inch limit. It's five total bass per person. So whether you have calicos, spotties, or sand bass per person, you're only allowed to keep five total aggregate. And like I said, you know, usually we don't keep them. And when we do, we try to keep the smaller ones anyway. Nothing bigger than 17, 18 inches because they're just an old fish. But, uh, but yeah, they're out there and they're, like I said, they're accommodating whether you keep them or not. That's your prerogative. But they're fun to catch. Well, Captain James Nelson, the fish icon, the summer is here. The fishing is as good as it's ever going to get. How do we get a hold of you to, to just to get a piece of the action and get on out there while the getting's good? Well, you could always check out the website, John. It's thefishicon.com. All three words jumbled together, thefishicon.com. Or you can check out uh, my phone. Give me a call, 619-395-0799. Well, Captain James, you just have a successful week, so we'll be talking to you during the weekend. We look forward to hearing your report next Sunday night on Rod and Reel Radio. Thanks a lot for being with us tonight. Always a pleasure, guys. Thanks again for having us. All right. See you later, James. You betcha. Bye. Hey, guys, that's it for the first hour of Rod and Reel Radio. We're going to take a break right now, but coming up right after the 6 o'clock hour here, we're going to have Ryan Muniz. He is uh, the guy that heads up. Sportsman's Seafood Processing. You haven't heard of it? Well, we're going to talk a little bit about it. And if you haven't heard about it, you've probably been living in a cave for a little while because they are, I believe, the oldest seafood processor here in San Diego. So we're going to get up to date on what's happening with Sportsman's Seafood Processing after these breaks. Stan, Wendy, and I will be back after these messages. You can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford knows trucks, no matter what you're hauling or towing, for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert. Now get special savings on every F-Series truck in stock, 150s, 250s, 350s, at El Cajon Ford. We have commercial trucks, too, including the all-new Transit Connect. Finally, a commercial van with great mileage, helping your business get moving again. El Cajon Ford, worth the short drive from anywhere in Southern California, Broadway and East Main and El Cajon, or online anytime, anywhere at ElCajonFord.com. If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course, I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water. 
Love California, vote California, save California. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, H&M Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. Quantum Fishing's got something for everybody. From the smallest angler to the oldest veteran, we can get you out there fishing with the greatest reels on the market today. From the all-new for 2016 Icon PT to the Tour Mag to the brand-new redesigned Smoke Reel, we've got something for everyone in your family. Have some fun. Take a kid fishing. They're the future of our sport. Quantum, we are performance-tuned. You can get your Quantum products at anglersarsenal.com or anglersarsenal in the Mesa at 619-466-8355. Hi, this is BSS record holder Dean Rojas. El Cajon Ford helped me when I got started in my career, and let them help you with a new F-Series Ford truck. And remember, nobody beats El Cajon Ford. And we want to welcome you back to the second hour of Ron Real Radio. Stan Vandenberg is here tonight. So is Wendy Tushahara. And we want to remind you that California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways would like to remind you that boating safety does not happen by accident. Be prepared and stay alert. Well, you know, when we were talking with Catherine Miller, she talked about one of the, uh, uh, you know, good things about the San Diego fleet is when you come in, there are a number of fish processors you can call on to get your fish processed. They'll, you'll, they'll come and pick up your fish or you can drop it off. So we decided to give one of those fish processors a call. Maybe you haven't heard about them. If you haven't, I don't know where you've been hiding. Because this is these, this is probably the company that started it all. Let's uh, get in contact right now with Ryan Muniz. He is from Sportsman Seafood Processing, and Ryan, welcome to Ron Real Radio. Thank you very much, guys. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, and Ryan. I think I butchered your name. Is it uh, it's it's Moniz or Muniz or what? Moniz. It's Portuguese. Moniz. Yep. <laughs> That's important to know. It, that's all right. A lot of people, a lot of people mess it up, but it's okay. As long hey, as they remember well, the first name. Hi, Wendy. Good. How are you? Good. How are you? Nice to hear from you. Thank you. Long time no see. About a week now, maybe two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I hopefully will be back at the end of this month. Well, that's the all ladies trip we were talking about. So yes, I will definitely be seeing you guys. I know you're lined Great. up for my trip just after that, the first part of September. So. Very well. I'm looking forward to actually finally meeting you guys in person. Well, you in person. I got to meet Wendy the other day for the first time. So there Very you have it. it. <laughs> All right. Hey, you know, Ryan. Uh, you know, we've talked about uh, sportsman seafood processing in the past when we had uh, Mario Gill on with us, and and uh, unfortunately we lost Mario here just a little bit ago. But just to give us a just a brief little history about uh, sportsman seafood. Uh, 
And what's happening with it today? Well, uh, Sportsman Seafood has been in existence since the late 50s, early 60s. Um, we have a retail restaurant, a fresh fish market, as well as our processing facility. Now, the processing part of it, uh, you're right, as you said before, we were one of the first ones down there at the landings in Point Loma to offer uh, fish processing, uh, along with Anthony's um, restaurant, family of uh, restaurants that they have, but they also did processing at the beginning. And then uh, there was Mike Burns, and he was kind of a quick hit. He was in and out, and then uh, Five Star came along, and they're obviously still in existence, and then the newest one would be Fisherman's Processing. Um, a lot of people remember our place as quote-unquote Mario's because he was pretty much the the main man in this industry, and unfortunately we lost him on uh, December 2nd of 2014, and obviously he'll be, he's missed by a lot of us, uh, myself included. He was kind of a father figure to me. I lost my father when I was four, so Mario, uh, I, I'm, I've always been really close with his two of his sons, and uh, he kind of took me under his wing, and I've been at Sportsman Seafood for almost 12 years now, and ever since his passing, I've pretty much taken over the processing side of things and you know moving forward everything looks good as long as all these wonderful anglers continue to uh, catch fish and you know what i have to say i i don't use processors i tried a couple of the processors out i wasn't happy but when i got my fish from your uh from sportsman it was the best i love it and now it's going to save me lots of time I'm, I'm very happy to hear that. You know, people, and I appreciate the compliments as well, but at the end of the day, processors, we all we all pretty much do the same thing. We all do good work. Nobody's perfect. You're going to have your occasional broken bag or, you know, a little bit later as, as far as your expected time for same day. Every day is different, you know, but at the end of the day, we also do the same work. Um, I think it's more of a, a personal relationship with whether it be myself or Sarah at Five Star or Sean at Fisherman's. You know, you, you go with who you like. But uh, for the most part, we all do good work. Um, once again, Mario is kind of the one who really put his footprint in on this, and, and he, you know, taught us well. We have the same staff that we've had for many years now, uh, especially in regards to the processing side of things. Our, our main filet, Manuel, he's, he's been with us. Sure, he was with Mario for uh, I would say a good 10 years before I even came on board. So I'd say over 20 years now he's been there. So, you know, once again, you guys catch fish. We stay busy in a perfect world. I think all three processors, if, if we'd all be busy if fishing was, was perfect every every year. But, you know, it's it's up and down. I was talking to a guy earlier today. Matter of fact, I was listening to your show here for a little bit as well and talking about the bluefin. And, um, you know, I've seen a 262-pounder brought in today. And wow. uh, by by spearing it, and I hear you know from these guys whether they're spearing them or just fishing them on their private boats, they say there's thousands of them, uh, thousands of them out there. But you know it's one of those things. These big boats, for as loud as they are and with their size, and, you know bluefin are smart fish and they scatter when they hear the noise. And you know to see such a big fish come from so close is. is I don't want to say rare, but it's definitely a beautiful sight to see. Because, you know, as processors, we see a little bit of everything. And uh, this time of year, it's a ton of yellowtail, uh, which, thank God, it's saved our fleet uh, for the most part. And, uh, you know, it's a beautiful fish as well, good-tasting fish and everything else. So, 
we all want the big bluefin. Doesn't mean we're all going to catch it. But, you know, yellowtail and some smaller grade yellowfin right now, hopefully they get bigger, which I believe they will. And, you know, I, I think it's going to be not just a good summer, which it has been thus far, but I think it's going to make for an even better winter when it comes to the long-range boats going out you know, for anywhere from 7 to 15 days. I, last year was a great sign at the large yellow fence, so let's hope it stays the same this year. Mario, uh, Mario I'm sorry about that. Ryan, is, is there any technical difference when it comes to processing uh, uh, an animal like that that may be 60, 70 pounds and then one that's 150 pounds and then all of a sudden jump up to one that's 260 pounds? Tell us a little bit about... You know some of the the difficulties or some of the uh, the things that you run into when when processing uh, fish of these sizes. You know, there's really no difficulty. I think it's more of a difficulty to the uh, to the person actually process having it processed because it's a cost matter. You know, you, you get five yellowtail and an average of twenty pounds. You have a hundred pounds of fish, and at our rate, we're seventy five cents a pound, which we keep at the lowest of all three as well. By the way, and uh, you know the angler has a $75 bill. Now, if you come in with a 200-pound fish, you're, it's, you know, twice the, twice the amount that you're paying for one fish. But the, the work of it, it's all the same. You know, it may take two guys to load a, a big fish of that size versus one guy being able to handle so many at once. But overall, it's, it's the same concept. We're just cutting it up to whatever portion the angler prefers. Most common is a one-pound pack because uh, it's about a two-person portion serving. But for the most part, there's really no difference in cutting them all. Our, uh, everybody who fillets within a processing facility knows that it's more of an art, the way these guys cut the fish. I mean, believe me, I get on the board very rarely because I'm more of a hack with that knife in my hand. But you've got to trust the professionals for things like that, and they all do a great job with it. Wow. It, you know, uh, when you uh, bring in a fish that's over 200 pounds, what what percentage of yield do you get off of a fish like that? Do you do you get a better percentage as the fish gets larger, or is there an optimum size like uh, you know 150 where you get the best ratio, and then it goes one way or the other? Well, uh, for the most part, the bigger the fish, the bigger the yield. Um, it does top off. You know, you're, you're really not going to see much more than a 50% return on, on just about any fish, no matter what the size. Um, as we were saying earlier, you know, a 200-pound fish is going to yield you 40, 45, maybe upwards of 50%, depending on whether or not it was going gutted. But then you take a 15-pound yellowfin, and unfortunately a lot of people get their, their head too high and they expect eight pounds of finished product back. And unfortunately that's not how it works. Uh, a, a fish of about a 15-pound range and you're lucky if you see five, five, six pounds of finished product out of something like that. Mm. And tell me about the quality of the meat. Let's say bluefin tuna is is the the quality of meat on a, a uh, an eighty or ninety pound fish maybe better than one on a a two hundred and sixty pound fish when it comes to fat content, graininess, or, or any or sinew or any of that stuff. The main thing is that the bigger the fish, the more grainy they get. You, you kind of took the words out of my mouth there. And I've, I've learned all these things over the years of being in this business. And, you know, it, when people catch a big fish, 200-pound plus, they're not necessarily catching it for the, the taste that they're ultimately going to get off their fillets. It's more of what they call a trophy fish. 
to where I know I'm a good eater too, believe me, especially when it comes to bluefin. I, I would prefer a, a 30 to 50 pound bluefin eating wise before I would 150 to a 200 pounder any day of the week. Wow. Now, uh, uh, we're speaking yeah, with uh, Ryan Muniz. 200 pounder. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> We're speaking with Ryan uh, Muniz. He is from uh, uh, Sportsman Seafood Processing. He's over there uh, in uh, in Mission Bay, right next to Seaforth. And and Ryan, I know probably a lot of your business just come directly from Seaforth. But for people that are you know that are going out of the landings on Scott Street and stuff like that, give us some of the ways that they can contact you or that you can. you you'll be able to handle their fish. How's how's the best way of going about doing that for these folks that want to give you a try? Well, you can always call us. At our our landline is six one nine two two four three five five one. We're open every day but Monday. Uh, as far as the us meeting the boats for processing, we we service all boats of three days or longer duration of trip. Um, Excel, Intrepid, Royal Polaris, Royal Star, uh, and American Angler, Independence, Red Rooster, Spirit of Adventure. I mean, all of these boats were there for 100% of their trips. Um, we're located about a six, seven-minute drive away from the landings down there on Scott Street, uh, as you said, right next to Seaport uh, Sport Fishing. Uh, basically, we we have a great rela- working relationship with Seaport um because we are so close, we we do get a lot of business from them, a lot of walk-in customers that come in off of these three-quarter-day overnight, day-and-a-half trips that we don't necessarily go to the landing to service, but our doors stay open. Um, our market is actually open until 6 p.m. Uh, every day but Monday, as I said, but our restaurant stays open uh, seven days a week until 8 p.m., so we do get a lot of business between those hours of 6 p.m. and 8 p.m. where Guys are coming in out of Seaforth, and, and they want to drop off fish. Granted, we won't process it that day, but the following morning it's always taken care of. And uh, that's, the, that's the benefit that I hear a lot from our customers is that they enjoy the fact that they could drop a fish off with a human being instead of putting it in, say, a drop box or you know uh, some kind of gated box or locked box that, that another processor may have. Um, unfortunately, if you come in after those hours, you kind of got to keep it in the back of the truck, so to speak, until the following morning. But generally in the season, we're there early hours, 5.30, 6 a.m., uh, if that was to be your case. But uh, once again, we keep our doors open for anybody at all times as long as it's within our business hours and just do the best we can with it. Now, Ryan, you call yourself a, a seafood processor. Tell us about the different services that you offer and the different ways you can prepare fish with regards to the customer's uh, demand or request? Well, well, we're kind of the old-fashioned ones, and I've heard uh, one of the other processors does, say, tuna burgers. I mean, and they have a machine that they grind up the tail pieces, as we were saying, the grainy pieces of the fish, and create a burger out of it. We don't want to get into that. We do have one of the or actually the oldest uh, all-natural brick smoker that we do our all of our smoked fish and our jerky out of, uh, which are two of the options that they have. Uh, we offer filet and vacuum packs, smoked or jerky, however they would like their species. Not all fish is necessarily recommended for jerky, for example. Um, 
I get like you catch a halibut. You don't want to do a halibut jerky. That's just too good of a fish to do for jerky. But <laughs> we're definitely well known for our, our yellowfin tuna and our yellowtail jerky, as well as our retail market offers, in my opinion, the best salmon jerky you can find in San Diego, if not around the country. Um, Mario kind of created that recipe at the beginning stages. I wouldn't say he created. He kind of put that the cherry on the cake so to speak to perfect it and i i rarely get a complaint when it comes to our smoker jerky more than uh, the biggest complaint i get is that it went too fast <laughs> there wasn't <laughs> enough of it <laughs> yeah it is an expensive product to make on our end as a, there's a lot of labor that goes into it a lot of material um we charge two dollars a pound whole weight fish for our jerky uh, $1.25 a pound whole weight for our smoked fish. And as I said before, our standard uh, filet and vacuum pack is $0.75 cents a pound. Everything is based on whole weight. So I'm going to presume, too, if, uh, in the old days you used to be able to trade your fish for cans. I, that sounds like something that uh, doesn't happen at uh, Sportsman Seafood Processing. No, we we kind of got out of that. Uh, nobody's saying we're not going to get back into it. I actually have a long-term outlook of getting back into that. Um, I know in the interim, the anglers down in Point Loma do have an option of exchanging their fish through fisherman's canning, which ends up working out great for a lot of customers who, like I said, go on, a, say, a 15-day trip, and they come home with 10 cows. It, it does get pretty costly if you were to process them all, which I understand you don't want to do. And then the other thing is people tend to want to just keep their fresh fish their rsw and you know on a trip of 15 day duration those first few days of fishing those fish are going to have to be frozen to be kept to a good quality so i see a lot of people trading in their frozen fish for cans but it's definitely a great convenience and a good thing to have down there at the landings for for the anglers to have that choice uh, Ryan, uh, you know, I know especially some of the Orientals, uh, uh, they believe in what they call, like, uh, just uh, letting their fish everything. cure. What? <laughs> what? I'm so, I'm so, no, I was just making a joke out of it. I said, the, the, I believe I have a great long list of some very, very nice, good, loyal customers that happen to be Asian, but I was just making a joke out of it. They want to keep everything. I, I almost joke with them at the landings, and they say, I ask them, how do you want your fish cut? And by the time they're done telling me, I, I ask them the question, well, why are we even processing this? Because <laughs> I want the head, I want the eyeball, I want the, you know, the collars, the eggs. Collars. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, our, our good friends like Tommy Gomes, uh, uh, they've uh, they've really brought new meaning to uh, how to prepare uh uh, fish bellies and fish collars, and oh, that's man. a delicacy that people maybe used to just kind of throw away, and now all of a sudden they don't do that anymore. Well, they turn anything into soup, or they use anything for a soup. That's all I hear. <laughs> you, you know how much soup? those fish collars are? It, it, if you go to a Japanese restaurant and order kama, which is a collar, you only get one side, it's 12 to $14. Wow. That I did not there know. There you have that it. That makes sense. <laughs> why they want them all. <laughs> well, Ryan, the, the question I was getting to is, uh, you know, uh, there used to, there's a certain segment of people that think that uh, the the more you cure your fish, uh, the better it is when you, uh, um, uh, you, you when you decide to eat it. And 
you know, by curing, I mean it's kept on ice, and instead of bringing it, you know, right to, to be processed, maybe keep it on ice for three or four days, and then to process it there. Is is there any benefit to that that you know of, or do you think the, the fresher the product, the better? You know, I, I really couldn't give you an honest answer on that. I don't really run into that too often. I run into the the guys that, you know, are calling my cell phone at 8.30 at night saying, hey, I just got off this uh, day and a half. Can you come meet me? I have this, that, or the other. I just tell them totally, it's totally fine. Keep it on ice. Bring it to our place in the morning. I, now, it's obviously the fresher the better, but I, I really couldn't give you an honest answer on whether or not it, it is better at the end of the day when it's processed because the majority of the fish that I see, these guys on the, these sport boats, as you, Wendy and everybody else, was saying earlier, not only do they work their tail off, they do such a good job. By it, it makes our lives a lot easier the way that we're given this fish to even process it. I mean, it, it could be a lot worse than it is. I mean, I'm not a big fisherman myself, and I tell people all the time, I see more fish in a day than most fishermen see in a year. But at, at the end of the day, I mean, they do such a good job keeping their fish in, in great shape for us, I, I really have no complaints on that end, and I wouldn't even really know the difference if it, if, if it, w- it was kept for, say, three days in a cooler or something like that. Okay. Well, Ryan Moniz from uh, Sportsman Seafood Processing, we want to get a hold of you, uh, bring our fish over for you to uh, process, give you a chance to, to do what you do so well with it, and Stan will attest to the fact that uh, I think uh, – you do some of the best smoke fish anywhere in the Southwest. Uh, uh, how can we get a hold of you? You can call us anytime at area code 619-224-3551, or you can also go to our website, which is www.sportsmanseafood.com. And, you know, and like I and, said, uh, go- Ryan, in the day of, of, of a lot of the processors not wanting to take uh, – uh, uh, fish uh, of a certain size or that are under a certain size. Uh, you welcome uh, fish of all denominations, all sizes, I imagine. Absolutely. I, I try and st- avoid all the politics of that good stuff. I, I understand where some people come from, whether it be a processor or an angler that doesn't want to keep that fish. But, you know, there are those people you guys pay big money to go out, the hard-earned money to go out there. And if, if it just so happens to be you catch an eight-pound yellowtail, I'm happy that you caught a fish. I'm not in the fish business, quote-unquote. I'm in the weight business. So at the end of the day, yeah, we will cut anything as um, long as it's a legal fish. And, and I have no problem doing that. All right. Well, Ryan, we appreciate you being with us. Tell us a little about the operation. It, it sounds like even with the, the passing of Mario Gill that uh, uh, Sportsman Seafood Processing has just not skipped a beat and that you guys are on top of it and are providing a service that we should support. I, I want to thank you for being with us and, and cluing us on in and what you guys are doing. Hey, and I thank you very much for, for allowing me to come on this evening. This, this is the first-time thing for me, and once again, I really appreciate it. I appreciate all of our longtime loyal customers that not only has Mario had, but Sportsman Seafood as a whole has carried for so many years. And obviously the doors are always open for, for new, young upcoming customers, whether you be a fisherman or you're just looking to get some fresh fish from our retail market or come outside and sit on our patio, have fish and chips and a cold beer or something. 
once again, the best fish and chips in town, the best jerky in town, and in my opinion, the best processor in town. But at the end of the day, I thank you guys very, very much for giving me this opportunity, and I look forward to doing business with you guys in the near future. Well, you know what? From Mario's yeah, side, Mario has been a friend for years, you know, and you passed away. It was a sad moment there, but you guys picking up the 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 and running with the program again has been great. You've been the oldest one around, and I think you know probably the best one too. And and by the way, the best smoked fish, period, <laughs> that you can Thank get. Thank you very um, very much. Is, I, I, I couldn't disagree with you on that one because I eat it pretty much daily. <laughs> well, if, you take, if my guys bring it on the boat, because a lot of guys, they'll stop. They'll pick it up before they get on the boat, and they'll bring it down. And that's one of those things that little, uh, the second day or whatever we're out, everybody will have that with cheese and crackers and whatever else we're having for an hors d'oeuvre. And that's kind of like a special moment on all of our trips. Yeah, and I, I appreciate the compliments as well. But just one last quick thing just for all of your listeners, and I'm sure that some of you guys may be or may not be aware of. When it comes to smoker jerky, with our, with our rules, the fish has to be brought to us whole. This is just a small little thing that we've kind of run to, into over the last couple of years. A lot of uh, customers will, will bring us fillets and ask us to either smoke them or jerky them. I cannot do that. I can okay. smoke or jerky anything you want as long as you bring me the fish hole. All right. Well, Ryan, thanks a lot for those tips. We look forward to seeing you here in the not-too-distant future because uh, Stan, Wendy, and I, we've all got trips scheduled here in the upcoming uh, uh, future. And, man, we look forward to coming on over and uh, having you do that magic that you do so well on our catches. Likewise, you guys. I hope you guys enjoy your night, and thank you again. Take care, Wendy. I'll see you soon, huh? All right. Thank you. Have a good night, guys. Bye-bye. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks for being with us. Hey, guys, we've gone way over time. Uh, We're going to have Jorge try to get a hold of Chuck Taft. He's just coming on in from a -a two-and-a-half-day trip. Uh, Hopefully we'll have Chuck Taft on next to give us the latest on what's happening on the offshore. You're listening to Rod and Reel Radio on AM540 or at rodandreelradio.com. Stay tuned. Still a lot more to come. If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course, I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water. Love California. Boat California. Save California. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, HM Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is un 
equaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. Hey, everybody, this is a message for our listeners from a new Baja Magic Lodge at Cedros Island. Cedros Outdoor Adventures wants to make your dream of fish at Cedros Island a reality. Want to go after giant calicos or yellowtail with the best Cedros Island fishing organization, but you just don't know who to contact? Then give Cedros Outdoor Adventures a call at 619-793-5419, or even better yet, log on to their informative website at cedrosoutdooradventures.com. There you can visit their trip calendar and schedule a trip that's convenient for you. Once again, the phone number is 619-793-5419 or their website of cedrosoutdooradventures.com. If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course, I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water. Love California. Boat California. Save California. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Hi, my name is Dennis Green, and I always love to talk about fishing. When I want the real information, I go to Rod and Real Radio. Those guys are who I thought they were. And we want to welcome you back to Rod and Real Radio. Stan Vandenberg's here with us tonight. So's Wendy Tushihara. And now we have owner-operator of Sea Adventure Sports Fishing, which includes the legend, the Sea Adventure 2 and uh, the, I think it's the uh, Jig Strikes, uh, Captain Chuck Taft. Captain Chuck, welcome to Ron Real Radio, sir. Hey, how's everybody today? Hey, All are well, we, my friend. How is fishing today? Well, today was a blessing. God let the weather come down over. <laughs> there we go. Holy smokes, yesterday was victory at sea, you know, but... We still scratched the trip together. It wasn't anything like we'd like, but we still had 75 fish with Yellowtail, Dorado, and Tuna. But there is some signs of Yellowfin coming up the line, which is the first time I can tell you that this year. That's good. Man, Chuck, I am looking forward to that because we've got the Rod and Reel radio trip coming off here on September the uh, 16th. It's a two-and-a-half day. Uh, we're going to be on The Legend, and I think... We have hit it right on the bullseye of maybe being out there about the best time to get these fish. Yeah, it sounds like there's. Uh, it's the first time there's been fish down below that the long-range guys have found us, uh, fish that are in on the beach, you know. But it's really been difficult, you know. One day you find them really good, and the next day you don't. But to give your listeners an example, a kelp that was fished yesterday... A flag was put in it, and from 9 o'clock yesterday to 6 o'clock this morning, it moved 17 and a half miles. So that's fast kelps and stuff are moving around here, guys. So when people think they're going out and you're just going to drive back to where the kelp is, it makes it pretty hard to find a 20-foot piece of kelp that moves 17 and a half miles. That's pretty big. So where's this, this yellow pen? I mean, there's been... Spotty yellowfin, even up outside towards, you know, the uh, outside of Newport on the 209. There was some onesie twosies that have been up there, nicer fish once in a while when you get them. But that stuff down below, there's been some 10, 12, 15-pound stuff that was kind of moving through. What's the stuff coming up down below? What does it look like? 
It, it looks, it's down about 240 miles, but it's 25 to 50 pound fish, and there's some good spots of fish down below, guys. Yeah. Now we're talking. Wow. Nice fish. Well, so, uh, uh, Chuck, we're always talking about water conditions and the amount of food in the water. Uh, how are the conditions looking that these fish might uh, just continue their way north? There is bait absolutely everywhere. There's mackerel out there. There's small anchovy. There's red crabs everywhere still. Um, unbelievable amount of feed. I mean, we're fishing on our day and a half and two-day trips anywhere from 110 to 130 miles and there's just spot after spot of bait. If that fish gets in there, guys, it's good. it'll hold it for a while. There's plenty of feed there. And today there was a lot of yellowfin, or yesterday, a lot of yellowfin, the 10 to 15-pound fish that moved into 120 miles. But it's kind of like a bluefin, all showing no go. Really? Wow. That's the wildest thing. It must this there was that uh, a couple of weeks ago when I was out. I mean, it was. It, it, there must be a volume of that red crab that biomass moves up from deep that doesn't show, but the fish that were coming up, if you got one, even on a troll bait, it was all coughing up the red crab, and that was up here. If it still was bad down below, I mean, that stuff, the, the fish are just chewing their way up, up to it, but they're all gaining weight as they come up. Oh, yeah. I mean, speaking of gaining weight, this last trip, we had three yellows over 42 pounds. Our biggest one went 48. Oh, Are you wow. me? <laughs> <laughs> now, where'd those well, you come know, from? You know, uh, you know Chuck, yellow, that, yellow that, thing, guys. that's We're the nice thing those, about guys. what's happening right now. Yeah, you know, we all like to go after the tuna. It seems like it's, it's the premier fish, but uh, the yellowtail that these boats have been coming in with have been pretty phenomenal, and you just verified that with the fish that you've got, because they're coming in with good counts of yellow. Are, are they all on kelps, or, or where are you finding them? 99% of it's on kelp. Wow. 40-pound fish on kelps. Well, that, so, that's like nice. fishing Cedrus Island and, and the areas down south there. There's some, those are some good grade of fish. Now, how about the Dorado, too, or the Dorado... Are they mixed in with the tuna? Are they mixed in with the yellowtail? Or, or they seem to be on their own? Because those numbers of Dorado seem to be going up, uh, too. Um, the Dorado have, have been on the kelps. They're kind of mixed in with the big yellow and stuff. There's a lot of the smaller Dorado, but there are some really nice spots of some big Dorado. And um, it's just starting to bite a little bit. I mean, we've been looking at it for a couple, three weeks, but... Recently, it's starting to bite a little bit, so that's a good sign. You know, recently has been when all of this stuff has started to bite. The bigger bluefin has started to eat a little fin bait. We went over three kelps full of Dorado, and not one of them wanted to eat. That's the first. I've never been on a Dorado that didn't want to chew some. But now we're starting to hear that it's starting to pick up a bit, and we're starting to see a little bit more of that starting to eat. Now, hopefully that... The fin bait comes into play here a little bit more as we get in the next couple of weeks, but it's it's starting better than it it's been for the summer, I think. Yeah, I mean, and the bait right now has been really really good. Mm, great. Uh, it's not great big sardine; it's a four to five inch, but on the whole, the bait's been living pretty damn good, and 
it's working out really good for the two-day, two-and-a-half-day. We haven't been running out of bait. And if I had my choice, I'd rather have the smaller bait because you, you can get it up in the tanks to help yourself. You know, that giant bullhunk sardine's nice for them big bluefin, but very much else it's going to eat them giant bullhunks. Well, that's exactly And you can't get as much in your wells when you need to, to do a little chum. Oh, yeah. So we sure ain't, aren't complaining about the bait situation. And, you know, let's hope that this is just getting going here. It looks like it has a chance of getting going good. Great. I hope so. Well, Chuck, tell us about the schedule uh, of the uh, the boats in the Sea Adventure fleets. Uh, what kind of trips are you running on them right now? Everything's day and a half, two days, two and a half days on the Sea Adventure and the Legend. The Jig Strike's pretty much uh, charters. But, uh, you know, if anybody would like to get on one of the trips, I know leaving uh, Tuesday night, we have a day and a half trip that's only got 13 people on it, and we're going to go. So there's, you can still get on a trip where it's not real crowded right now, guys. Right. And. You know, we've got a, a two-and-a-half-day trip planned with you on September 16th. Uh, I know it's still a little far in the future, but uh, uh, what type of trip will that be? Where will we go, and what can we expect to get, Chuck? You know better to ask me where we're going to go. <laughs> I can tell you where we're going than the man in the moon. Oh, that's a good question, I have to go to catch a fish. Them fish have tails. They swim up and down the coast, you know. For me to tell you where I'm going to go, I'd be lying to you if I told you where we're going. <laughs> I'm going to take you to wherever the fish are, and we have our very best chance to catch a fish. That's the only thing I can tell you. Good. That's a great answer, by the way. Yeah, I know. You know, and you know, uh, Stan, Wendy, and I—we've known Chuck and Bobby Taft for a long time, and I—I I don't know of any other skippers that just take it to the limit when it goes to getting out there and. And uh, catching fish. Uh, the last time we had a charter with you last year, or one of the times we had a charter with you last year, we got into some bluefin. Uh, you uh, you said, hey, guys, you know, there are some yellow uh, yellowtail at the islands, but I think I know where there's some bluefin, and uh, if you want to gamble, we're going to go after them. And sure enough, we trolled and trolled and trolled, and the, the, the first, uh, I think, jig strike we got was like 3.30 in the afternoon, and we were – we well, were still on him by about seven o'clock, and he came up to me on the rail, and he goes, uh, "John, you realize this is only uh, a day and a half." And uh, those guys that told their wives that uh, uh, they were going to be home by eight o'clock, we ain't going to make it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I missed a lot of good dinners by stand to catch fish. So, well, the name of the game is going out, giving a hundred and ten percent effort and do whatever you can to catch fish for your people. Well, that's why we like going out with you, Chuck, and to go out with Bobby, too. And uh, uh, not only that, when it comes to what you guys have done on the boats, I know you've taken firsthand, and Bobby has, too, uh, with uh, retrofitting your boats, putting in the, not only great amenities, but uh, also things that make our, uh, our, the quality of the product that comes back to the dock with us better uh, you, know, you guys uh, are on the leading edge of all the stuff that's happening right now. Well, I'd like to think so. It helps, you know. All right. All I did this year is spent $27,000 for new sonar. <laughs> there you have it. Uh, there you got it. But it works it, good. Yeah. 
So, you know, for those guys that are scratching their head and going, geez, why, why can't I go out and fish for $25 a day anymore? Now you kind of get, got a picture on what's happening there. Hey, Chuck, we look forward to going on out with you. I hope we get a chance to check with you one more time before our trip on September the 16th. But for those people that want to see the Sea Adventure schedule, uh, schedule a trip to go out with you that meets their schedule, how's the best way to get a hold of you? All you got to do is go to Sea Adventure 80 Sport Fishing. You can click on Legend. You can click on Sea Adventure, pull up the Legend, whatever you guys want to do, and you'll find our schedule. No. I appreciate it, Chuck. We look forward to seeing you, if not going with you before the 16th. And I know you're offloading the boat right now. You're getting ready to turn it around. We we appreciate you spending the time to be with us. Uh, good luck on out there, and, and we'll be talking to you again before the, the middle of September. Thank you. Thank you so much, guys. Good luck. Good fishing, everybody. All Thanks, right. Chuck. Good luck. Hey. Hey, guys, we're going to take a break right now. We've run a little overtime in some of these segments. When we come back, Stan's going to be taking a trip to Crowley Lake. We're going to find out what's happening, who he's fishing with. We're going to get a just a brief little report on that. You're listening to Ron Real Radio on AM540 or at ronrealradio.com. Stay tuned. Still more show to come. Captain Chris Randall from Chief Sports Fishing. And Captain Chris, tell us about what's happening on the Chief now that the tuna season is upon us. It's here and it's time to go on the Chief. For those of you who are not familiar with the vessel, she's an 85 by 24 deluxe sport fisher that offers a wide variety of open party trips ranging from one to five days in length. We're also available for private group charters. The Chief's onboard anemones include a fully remodeled galley with comfortable seating for 25, twin flat screen TVs with hundreds of movies, two roomy indoor heads with fresh hot water showers, stateroom and open berthing areas, an impressively large deck area, 200 scoop bait capacity, we have twin six-ton spray brine fish holds to keep your catch fresh, and our professional courteous crew will go the extra mile to make your trip a memorable one. To view our schedule, log on to H&M Landing at www.hmlanding.com or feel free to give them a call at 619-222-1144. You can also follow us on Facebook Facebook and at our webpage at chiefsportfishing.com. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ringed hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. Hey, bass fishermen, who do you call for your bass boat insurance? Well, if you're not calling me at 1-800-BASS-BOAT for your boat insurance, you're probably paying too much and may not have the coverage that you need. In 1974, I developed the bass boat program that is what all the pros use today. The reason? No depreciation or any partial claim for your hull, your big motor, your trolling motor, or your electronics until your boat's 10 years old. That's right. You only pay $250 to get your boat on the water for any partial claim, and we still pay a stated value replacement cost for your boat if you have a total loss. We're the only people in the industry that does that, and that's why we are the choice of the pros. So if you want the best, forget the rest. Just call 1-800-BASS-BOAT. Call one 800 227 
888-800-7262 or just spell Bass Boat. 1-800-BASS-BOAT. I know there's too many letters, but the T is free and the call's on me. That's 1-800-BASS-BOAT, the choice of the pros for Bass Boat Insurance. For more information, log on to 1-800-BASSBOAT.com. If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course, I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water. Love California, boat California, save California. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. You're feeding them by the door and stuff like that. Hey, welcome back to Rod and Reel Radio. Stan Vandenberg's here. So is Wendy Toshihara. And, you know, we, Stan, we've run the gamut. We've talked about freshwater fishing. We've talked about fishing in our bays. We've gone uh, offshore. We've got the kids fishing off the pier. Uh, you're going on a little bit of an adventure here. Uh, and in the time that we have left, uh, tell us about where you're going and what you're doing. Well, one of my favorite places to hang out is <laughs> the eastern Sierras up at Crowley Lake because I've caught enough little fish. I like catching big ones now. And I, I've made, well, in the business line, uh, because of the insurance end, we insure most of the guides that fish the Sierra Lakes. And, and uh, the guy that has kind of started the really big uh, guiding systems up there is Tommy Lowe. And Tom Lowe at Sierra Drifters is a really close friend. We've been uh, working together since he started. And uh, I don't usually get to fish with other guides, but I'm going to go up there and play around. I called Tommy and go, let's go fishing. And so... We're going to go up and, and Tuesday drive up there. Wednesday I'm going to fish with Tom Lowe. Um, a whole new style of fishing because a lot of these fish, the lake's got a lot of water in it, and because it had an influx of a lot of water, uh, the weed lines that were there before when the lake was low grew up where they were. So they had weed all the way down to like 20 feet. So these guys mm-hmm. are learning to fish a fly with a midge uh, and a in the indicator, which would be a bobber uh, to everybody else, but this indicator in 20 to 22 feet of water, which is, I've never done that before. So when I called Tommy, I go, I want to try this because I haven't done it before. And he goes, well, just come up. And so the wife and I are going to go up there and play with that. I called and talked to Shay McEntee with Stoked on Fishing, and he's going to go up and try that too. So it ought to be an interesting day on next Wednesday uh, playing around with this deep water fishing and see what we can do with that. The perch have had, because the water's high, um, and the, the fish are kind of now just coming in and out. They had a big algae bloom. Uh, algae boils up. You can't see two feet down in the water, but the sun bakes that off real quick, kills all the algae, and now it's clearing back up. The water's kind of draining down a little bit. So the fish are moving out of the weed lines a little bit now, and we'll see what happens. But um, the second day I'm up there, there's another guide up there named Joe Contaldi, and he's made a name for him, quite a name for himself on the pond, and John, uh, Joe and I go way back. I have not fished with him either, so we got together, and he said, well, why don't you just jump in my boat the second day? And he goes, and you and the wife and I will all go fishing together. We'll just all have a good time. So I am just looking forward to going up, and I don't have to be the guy. I don't have to tie leaders. I don't have to do tie the flies on. I'm just going to get to go fishing for a couple of days with friends. And Joe shot me a picture of a guy he had a, out this morning that had 26-inch brown that he said weighed close to 8 pounds that they got on a midge. 
So mm. there's a lot of big fish moving. The Wendy understands. She likes, I know she loves fishing for the perch up there. And the perch have had a, quite a run, and they've had more than one spawn up there, along with the trout that have been up in the river and already, already back out. All the fry had gone into that weed line, and now as the lake starts to drop a little bit, that fry starts moving out, and the perch fry is all size, all different sizes, so you'll have that stuff that's a little tiny, you know, half inch all the way up to two inches, and that bigger one cutthroats and two brown trout and big rainbows will be eating that stuff as we go into the later part of the season here. If you guys are looking for a good time, this is the place to go. Uh, now, with so you can't use live bait. You're going to have to use barbless hooks, but you can pinch down the, the barbs on any of the hooks, even on your troll baits, and still catch these fish. And ripping Rapalas or any, even cranking small crankbaits, small perch crankbaits, you can go outside the weed lines of this lake and down around the rock areas and just have yourself a blast for the rest of the season. So a lot of people don't talk about that, but a crankbait on Crowley is a really good thing. Well, Stan, you're going to be back next Sunday night, so you can give us a report on how you did. Oh, yeah, I'll have all the wherewithals, and I want to hear, when, I can't wait for Wendy to go on her trip so we get the, the wherewithals on how to catch the bluefin. Oh, uh, yeah, <laughs> Wendy, you're, you're going out on that bluefin trip, and, and again, you had a couple of spots open up on that trip that you're going to have, the ladies' trip. Tell us about yes. that again. Um, um, we're going to be on the searcher out of Fisherman's Landing, and um, you can go to www.searchersportfishing.com um, and check it out. We're trip number 19, and it's an all-ladies trip, and we have five spots open. Oh, wow, and not to mention, not to mention, uh, Extra Tough has donated a, a pair of Extra Tough boots to each lady. We're also sponsored by Accurate Reels. And, uh, and and Turner's Outdoorsman, and we have a ton of giveaways. Wow. Nice. Uh, it, that's going to be a good trip. What's the duration of that trip, uh, Wendy? It is the 26th through the 29th. It's a three-day trip. It's wow. a Friday to a Monday morning. You know, judging from that uh, report we got from Captain Chuck Taft, there's a chance, I think, that you're going to get into even better fishing than we're seeing right now. I, it, it sounds like, you know, a lot of times when we don't get a chance to go out there, we don't hear what's happening. We look at the fish counts being down. And this week, a lot of them were down, and, but some of the boats really hit them. And it, it just sounds like a, a weather played a, a big part of it, especially with those tropical storms were down to the south. They were bringing up a little surge, but it sounds like it's going to uh, flatten out and that we're going to be in some for some really good fishing for the next couple of months. I can't wait, and hopefully on Tuesday when I go, because I am searching out those big bluefin, uh, hopefully I'll have a good report for you. Well, now, where are you I going out of for, the, for trip, the bluefin? If, you've got, well, if you find some bluefin, if you can get on them, you know, a lot of the smaller ones are eating that smaller bait. The, the bigger fish that we hooked into, we were fishing a straight mackerel, either red or, I mean, a regular greenback, or if you could find a Spanish mackerel in that, tank throw that at them well what i'm going to do is what um steve tanaka told me to do he says with those anchovies if you find a school of anchovies um start using your sabiki because if you can catch or make bait and we can use those um if we can catch a bonita you know a little metal jig or something can that 
Anita on. Well, I'm going to, and I bought big hooks, and I'm bringing big gear. Well, there is that part. That's called the man bait, by the way. <laughs> we do that I'm for the bigger kids down south. <laughs> man. Well, Stan and Wendy, I think that's it for tonight. Man, we really uh, made the tour, had a lot of guests on. Thanks a lot uh, for your input. We got a lot of great information out uh, today, not only for the young fishermen, but the uh, young fishermen at heart. And, uh, you know, this is the time of the year that, uh, you know, we talk about that we wait for. It's here. You know, get yourself on one of the boats, no matter what landing you go out of, and get out there and get them because they're getting away. Guys, thanks a lot. And, you have great trips, and we look forward to hearing from you next Sunday night. We'll see you guys next Sunday night. All right. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, that's it for now. On behalf of Jorge and the AM540 Studios, Ben Harvey, our local producer here in San Diego, and always very thankful to Big Tuna Bill Giesland and Eddie McCune for starting up the show here that we are trying to keep on uh, in perpetuity. Man, we have a lot of fun doing it, but we want to thank you, the listeners, for being with us tonight. We look forward to speaking to you next Sunday night starting at 5.05 p.m. on AM540 or on Ron Real Radio. For now, this is Hopalong John Cassidy saying good night. Go out there and get them. They are getting away. We'll see you next Sunday night. We're out for now. gone fishing. By a shady, weighty pool. Shangri-La.